episode 22 brings you guys all the stuff you're not going to miss. Trust me. As special guest, Isaiah Floyd joins us show to continue this great Team Harden series. It's a great one after the first topic. Well, what are the topics for this episode? I'm going to let you guys give an entire award preview for the Big Time Award Show coming up tonight. I'm going to let you guys go with Rookie of the Year. You're going to know about Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, Coach of the Year, Everything. Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, it's everything. And, of course, MVP. Who are I winning out? I'm going to find out. Don't forget to miss. And then I'm going to close it out with Shoes on Fan Favorite Time. Three topics. I'm going to hit it up. Let you guys know my take on it. Let you guys get more attention to that. That being said, everyone, just want to give a quick shout out. Good work to everyone in the Section 7. Big time thing. Happy to watch a lot of you guys and keep working. Congrats on the offers for if you guys are listening. If you guys got offers and the big time games. But let's get right into it, folks. Shoes Views Episode 22 is on its way. What's going on, everyone? I hope that everyone is ready to have another great episode of Shoes Views, and you're ready to hear my view on who's going to win the NBA awards that are going to be announced tonight. With that being said, I cannot wait to let you guys know who I think is going to win MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved, and so much more. That being said, though, folks, I'm your host, Zach Shoes, Shoemaker, and I'm here at my home in Gilbert, Arizona, and I cannot wait to get into today's topics. But, this is the episode you're not going to miss with a special guest. Isaiah Floyd has to say as he continues his Team Harden series as a fourth episode. It's another great one that you cannot miss. But before we get into that, let's get into one more thing. I want to talk about who's going to win Rookie of the Year. Oh boy. As a first off, before I talk about who's going to win Rookie of the Year, I just want to say what an incredible draft, and that was boy, was that one crazy. I'm going to get into some of the draft recap stuff in a later episode that you guys are not going to miss coming out on Wednesday and Friday. Just stay tuned for that. But. Tonight, there will be an NBA Awards announced, and I cannot wait to get into that. So, I'm going to save MVP for last because, you know, best for last. But Rookie of the Year is a big-time award, and this year there actually is debate. But I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I don't think there should be a debate. I think it's pretty much clear-cut. Not really sure how anyone's rating anything else. But before getting into that, let me just tell you guys some interesting facts about the Rookie of the Year Awards. Ben Simmons. He's the fifth player to ever win Rookie of the Year the year after winning it not being the year drafted. Jerry Lucas, Larry Bird, David Robinson, and Blake Griffin are the only ones to do that. Now, Malcolm Brogdon was also, he's the only rookie ever to win Rookie of the Year while being selected in the second round in the common draft era. Since 1983 and 84, there's only been five guys that have won the Rookie of the Year unanimously. That's Carl Anthony Towns, Damian Lillard, Blake Griffin, David Robinson, and Ralph Sampson. And Lucas seeking to become the second European to win a Europe second European to win the award. That being said, I think that last thing right there, Luca will become the second European ever to win. Listen, I have mad respect for Trey Young, y'all know that. I love me some Trey Young. I truly do. Trey Young is a spectacular young talent, something phenomenal and special out there on land. I cannot wait to see what he does with the new pieces. That being said, though, Luka Doncic is the clear-cut rookie of the year. Yes, there's also the top three guys. Of course, Luka and Trey Young is a two-man battle. And then you got DeAndre Ayton just floating back there. Honestly, the all-rookie first team with Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin, and DeAndre. Only, only other time I've ever had the top five pick on all-rookie was the legendary MJ draft. That being said, let's get back into this. Luka Doncic had a year that all-around was great. 
Yes, I really think he play as many games. He started slowing down. He was resting, was hurt, if you want to call it that, whatever. His trade young was spectacular, especially the second half of the year. But you got to look at the whole part of the year. Can I just look at one thing? No. It's about the entire season. The beginning, the middle, and the end are all just as important in terms of every win matters to get to the playoffs. None of the other team did that, but I'm just saying that's the fact. Plus, if you want to look at numbers, Louis Doncic, 21.2 points per game. Six assists. 7.8 rebounds, 1.1 steals. Alright, let's compare that to Trey Young. Trey Young with 19.1, 8.1 assists, 3.7 rebounds. Yeah, that's debatable. Couple more assists. Not even close amount of rebounds, though. And Lucas still has more points. Now, I know this is always said any other year, this second place player would probably win that award. I don't know if that's true. I don't like saying that because it's not always true. I mean, honestly, really, would that be the case? I don't think so. I mean, would Donna Mitchell or Ben Simmons, either one even win rookie of the year this year? No. I'm putting Luka and Trey Young in front of them. And for all I know, DeAndre might be competing with them as well. But that being said, let's get into the percentages. Luka Johnson shot 42.7% as opposed to Trey Young's 41.8. From three, you might as well might think Trey Young is a better three-point shooter. That is incorrect. By 0.3%, Luka Johnson is in the lead, 32.7%. To 32.4. Now, once again, Luca played 72 games as opposed to Trey Young's 81, so he had a nine game difference there. Now, Trey Young had 30 double doubles and one triple double. Luca Doncic had 24 double doubles and eight triple doubles, the most by a rookie and the most by a team. That's just phenomenal. Luca is just spectacular. Luca is one of those guys that we know you can build a franchise around. Luca is so special. I mean, Luca Doncic is something that we're going to be seeing leading the NBA for so many years. We all might have forgot about him right now, not fresh in your mind because of the playoffs he wasn't in there, but he is special. And if Porzingis can come back to any level of what he was before, and there's no more off-the-court issues, something special is being brewed over there. Just talk about it. DeAndre Ayton also had 16.3 points per game, 1.8 assists, 10.3 rebounds. He shot 58.5% in 39 double-doubles. He's a big-time big man. We know that. This draft class, in my opinion, might just be the best one ever. And I'm going to get into that. Once the offseason kind of cools down a little bit, end of July, end of the Strike for Greatness Blue Chip Series, going into August, I'm going to do draft recast for this year, Pat, with a mark that's the past draft. I'm going to do one with a couple of the past, past two or three drafts. I'm going to go hit it up for you guys. But this year's draft class is something special, and Luka Doncic is the Rookie of the Year. I love Trey Young once again, but he's not Rookie of the Year. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks will win Rookie of the Year this tonight. It, it is big time. Big props to Luka, big props to all these rookies, but once again, Luka Doncic is Rookie of the Year, folks. I know y'all are enjoying the Team Harden series, and so am I. Coming up next, though, one of the other top players, Zay Floyd. Oh, boy, it's going to be another great one. You're not going to miss it. Coming up right next, you're going to hear what he has to say about so many topics varying from the NBA offseason, about him and Team Harden, him and his workouts, him and so much different stuff. Oh, it's going to be a great one. Stay tuned. Coming up next, folks. Gonna be more exciting to welcome one of Team Harden's best and Zay Floyd to the show as a third episode of the Team Harden series. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Let's start off with the first topic then about Team Harden. Why did you decide to originally choose to go play for Team Harden? Because I knew like the incoming players that were coming in were great and like we all gonna push each other like to our limits. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and then cool. I was gonna end up put, uh, pushing us to be some of the biggest teams in the gauntlet this year. So. That's awesome. 
I mean, that's something, too, about the Adidas gauntlet. I mean, that's something that you get to play in front of college scouts and different people nonstop at all different kinds of levels. Yeah. So what would you say would be some of your best memories so far from the season? Definitely beating Dream Vision mm-hmm. and just, just bonding with the guys. Mm-hmm. We've had some funny moments, so that's been cool. That's awesome. So, I mean, I know that's something that a lot of people have talked about already. I mean, Dream Vision's game was something that you guys honest, obviously went in as, like, underdogs and all, but came out being obviously yeah. a big-time upset, which was awesome to see. Important game. Mm-hmm, no doubt. So, let's talk about some of your teammates. What are the impacts they have on you, and how do they play? Trent, he's just a dog. Like, on defense, he's a hound. Mm-hmm. So, he just, make, he just makes everybody pick their intensity up on defense, and then he can score the ball. Mm-hmm. Like any other scorer, Jalen, incredible scorer. He could put the ball in the hole. He makes great plays. Mm-hmm. He's just a great all-around player. X, he really don't miss. He's like one of the best sharpshooters in Arizona mm-hmm. or maybe in the nation. Even. So he just makes the game easier to attack, get to the rim, because mm-hmm. they can't help. No doubt. So it makes it, makes it a lot easier, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then obviously a Jang, he went to NAU. What were your thoughts on that? And do you think that was the best place for him to go? Jean, yeah. He'll have uh, time to develop and he'll probably get on the court faster. Mm-hmm. No doubt. But he also made the game a lot easier this year. Mm-hmm. He's he's really a hound. He's really underrated in oh, 2019. Yeah, no I think he really, he could have went to a high, high major and did mm-hmm. damage. But yeah, no and they use a great fit for him right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something, especially like people that don't say, unless you guys really watch you guys a lot. I mean, he's someone yeah. that he plays, and you can just tell he brings so much energy and passion to the game and the court, no matter what. Yeah, he makes the game a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, for Coach Polk, how has he helped you develop and develop you on and off the court? Well, just like Trent said, he puts confidence in kids mm-hmm. that 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 he believes. And can do work, so he just he just put confidence in me and told me, like I was one of the most underrated guards in the country, and just to prove everybody that that's true. So that's what I've been trying to do. Mm-hmm, no doubt. I mean, I know a lot of people knew you, like knew your name, especially in state. But I mean, I think this yeah. past since you guys went to Team Harden, you've been in Team Harden this past season. I mean, surely your name's been taken to another level where people honestly going you going on to the court, people know who you are and they truly respect your game. Yeah. So what was it like knowing James Harden having him be kind of around you? I actually only met James one time, mm-hmm. but he's actually – he's really cool. He's mm-hmm. uh, He helps you out. Like, we was working out, and he was just giving me, like, little pointers. And then when we play, he just – he makes the game easier, too. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to do much. Yeah, no doubt. So, overall, talk about some college offers. What would you say would be your dream offer ever to get? My dream offer, my dream offer would probably be like USC, UCLA, like any high major California school because I just love California. That's my home city. Okay, that's awesome. Have there been any colleges talking to you or reaching out to you recently? Uh, yeah, New Mexico interested, Tennessee Tech's interested, San Jose, and just a few other uh, mid-major D1s just been. Seeing how I'm doing. That's good. I mean, I think yeah. that's something, I mean, like I said, I mean, especially this past few months, I mean, people really, you started to grow a lot in terms of getting interest and all that. 
I mean, I yeah. think more as the next season goes through and your senior year, I mean, I think this year you're probably one of those guys that end up pulling a lot of offers later and you end up getting yeah. to go to a lot bigger college. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about like your typical day. So what does it mostly look like when you're playing out your day and how you work out and playing for basketball? So, like, last week is when I really started, like, my training. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, 12.30, that's our first workout. We really, like, just do conditioning and weights. And that's with, like, my overseas, my overseas big brother, Isaiah Jones, and then my little brother. And then I go to Compass Open Runs, hoop with them, get some sauce up with them, train with them a little bit. And then um, probably just go to the gym around, like, 9. Okay. Get some shots up for like two hours, and then that's probably my the end of my day. Gotcha. With the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Tom, I mean, also about the Compass Open Runs. I mean, that's something that's really been pretty popular this summer. It's been a thing. I think it's been a great thing, especially for everyone, because so many different levels of talent there. They truly yeah. can push you. Yeah, it's a lot of high high level talent in there. You can't mm-hmm. come in there. You can't come in there and like play nonchalant. You got to you got to play, or you're gonna get dogged. Mm-hmm. It's bad because Ball's life in there too. You're gonna get embarrassed. Mm. <laughs> so uh-huh. I mean, you just see all this kind of crazy dunks and all. But I mean, it's truly it's not just highlights. Obviously, if you truly watch the whole thing, I mean, it's more than just the dunk plays. I mean, there's so much high intensity and in trying to play through that and different college guys, high school guys, all that. Yeah, it's a great it's a great atmosphere. No doubt. So, what's one part of your game you've really been working on this past off season with AAU? Just getting my shot consistent. Mm-hmm. getting deeper in my range and yeah that's really it gotcha is there one thing you could truly think if you could add this skill to your game it'd take you to a whole nother level my consistent jumper and then just like being able to pull off the dribble consistently too mm-hmm. no doubt I feel like i wouldn't like nobody re- really would be able to guard me mm-hmm I mean, that's definitely – because you definitely have, like, the athleticism pieces. A lot of people have now seen, like I said. I mean, you're able to get to the rim, you're explosive, and you're able to jump with the best of them. I mean, if you keep adding on like you have, it's going to be scary. Yeah. So who would you say is someone that you model your game after? It's rather a high school, a college, or a pro player? Kind of like a Westbrook type of player. I can mm-hmm. get to the rim. I can shoot it a little bit. I can pass the ball at a high level, rebound at a high level. Mm-hmm. So, no so I'll say Westbrook. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, out of all your highlight plays you've had in your career so far, what would you say would be your favorite play that you truly, when you think of like your best play, that's the one that comes to your mind? Um, Probably my sophomore year, AAU, we played like the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. And I just came, I just came down the middle and just dunked on some 6'8 dude. And I, that was my first body. Okay. So the, I remember that from last year. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, out of one high school player in all the nation, who would it be that you'd really want to team up with? Probably my day one, Daylin. Daylin Terry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my guy. So, probably Daylin. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely a guy that can get pretty much anyone open. I mean, he loves the nation assist, so he can make anyone yeah. better. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. And if, is there one college guy you really want to team up with? Ooh. No, I ain't got no college dude. Mm-hmm. Would you ever want to team up with Westbrook, or is that someone else you'd rather team up with in the NBA? Westbrook, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd rather team up with him. Yeah, that'd just be to fun. pick it, 
just to pick his brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I know. Like, I talk about a lot. I mean, people hate on Westbrook for reasons that really are irrelevant in terms of how great he truly is. I mean, he's yeah. someone that you get, Thunder are not making to where they make it without him. I mean, he truly is. I mean, yeah. no one can do what he does. If you watch him play, he, he just knows the game at a, a whole different level than some players. So, mm-hmm. um, No doubt. I mean, and just the fact that he plays with so much energy, you can't really replace that. He just, he, I don't know how he doesn't earn everyone's respect just with how much passion he plays with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the most underrated players in the state, who would you say are some, in your opinion? You know, Isa Ture is definitely an underrated player. That's mm-hmm. my little brother. Um, if you've seen him play, you know what I'm saying. He's underrated. He's, mm-hmm. He averages 20 on the gauntlet right now. He's, uh, he does it all. No doubt. Um, Flo's definitely an underrated player, too. He's like one of the top shooters in 2020. Mm-hmm. I've seen him get hot and not miss. So who would you say in terms of mentors on and off the court, who would you say would be your biggest mentor? Probably my dad and then Isaiah Jones. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What do they do to help you grow and as a person, as a basketball player? They just put confidence in me, always tell me. I got to play with a dog mentality and a chip on my shoulder when I get on the court because I'm slept on. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about the NBA then. Who would you say would be your favorite NBA team? Golden State, just because, like, if you watch them play their basketball, it's beautiful, like, the way they move the ball. Absolutely. I mean, they're definitely like the modern-day San Antonio Spurs just added on to more three-point shooting. Yeah, and some more uh, some more scores, more skill. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So who would you say would be your favorite NBA player? Probably Kobe. Mm-hmm. He's always been my favorite player since I was little, and then his mentality is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's something that people still, I think forever, people are always going to re- rely on and say the Kobe mentality because that's just something that can take someone from a whole other stage. It's not necessarily a skill. It's more just it separates you just in terms of how you can finish a game and how you play and how you work out and train. Yeah. So out of this just past draft, who do you think is going to be five of the top players? Uh, Cam Reddish is definitely – I say he's number one. I think he's going to do the most damage. Okay. Definitely Zion. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett's going to do his thing. Um, John Moran's going to do his thing. And I think Darius, I feel like he's going to go crazy in the league. No too. doubt. I mean, that's definitely something, too. I mean, in terms of the draft, I mean, the draft was definitely crazy when you have guys slipping like Bobo and all. But it's really going to be, I mean, it really depends. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be as stacked as last year's draft was with Marvin and DeAndre and Luca and all. But, yeah. I mean, we'll see definitely how it pans out. Yeah, it should be something special. We'll see. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think who's going to be the biggest, greatest guy that kind of slipped down? or Either Cam Reddish or Bobo, because I honestly forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, it's so crazy. I'm thinking about that right now. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know, I mean, I still can't believe no one even took him as, like, a gamble at some, at like, early, yeah. in the, or late in the first round or early second round. I mean, I don't know how he fought a 44, but we'll see. Because you put some, some weight on him, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. I know. And especially for he's supposed to be a top five pick. I mean, I, I don't know how he slid. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for him, too, having to wait in the green room that long. But Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, where do you think Kevin Durant will be signing this free agency? I think he's going to go back to Golden State. Mm-hmm. Just to prove. Just because what happened this yeah. year. I mean, they all got hurt. I mean, so I think he's going to go back. Mm-hmm. It's definitely be interesting to see how he recovers and all, man. I doubt he'll be able to play this next year, but hopefully he gets back soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. And how about Kawhi? Do you think he's staying in Toronto or is he going to leave? Uh, I think Kawhi might just stay in Toronto mm-hmm. just just to build their legacy, see what he does next year. Yeah. I mean, I hope, but I definitely don't think they're winning again. I don't think they're going to win again. I don't either. I mean, it, it really, I mean, they'd have to take a massive upgrade to get another point guard. I think other than Lowry, because I mean, we, yeah. everyone's getting more people are going more people are going to be switching teams and all that. But I mean, we'll yeah. definitely have to see though too. I mean, when you think about like Toronto, would be a great place for him. But I mean, if he goes to LA, I mean, it's California. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit different. It's better living, but we'll see. Yeah. And how about the final one? Where do you think Kyrie will be going? Kyrie? I think Kyrie might actually go to the Lakers. I'm not going to lie to mm-hmm. I think he might do it. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie's one of those guys that, honestly, he switches up almost every week as a new team. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's, I mean, as much as he brings other stuff along with him, locker room stuff, he's obviously still a top yeah. point guard and a top player in the NBA. Yeah. So the final thing I want to talk about then is how do you think God's helped you the most of your basketball career so far? He's helped me get through a lot of difficult situations mm-hmm. and just and just knowing that he's there, like he, he knows my journey, so I don't have to worry about anything. I just gotta keep grinding and trust the process. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, no matter what, he's always there to help guide and he knows the right path for everyone. Yeah. What's well, been great having you on here today, bro, and I can't wait to see how your senior year goes. Appreciate no it. I already told you guys, building a team, I need my superstar, I need my rim protector, and I need my sixth man. Sixth man is one of the most important things to me, so who's winning sixth man of the year? Might be a little obvious, but stay tuned, because I got some bold takes to say about that and what's going to go down between the other two guys. Coming up next, who I have winning sixth man of the year. So before I get into the guys, let me just talk about this real quick. This is the top three block guys. You got Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, the LA Clippers, and DeMontis Bonus, the Indiana Pacers. Now, if we talk about who's going to win, what's going down there, let me tell you something. Here's some fun facts for the sixth man of the year. Jamal Crawford is the only player to win three times in the sixth man of the year, which Lou Williams can now do. If he wins it tonight, he will get that. Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford are also the only two players to win sixth man of the year on multiple teams. Kevin McHale and Detlef Schrem are also the only two players ever to win six men in back-to-back years. That is also could be done now by Lou Williams as he's on the verge of potentially winning back-to-back six men of the year. Now, Garner's now won six men of the year seven years in a row and 11 in the last 12, basically showing Garner's the most dominant guy off the bench, not saying Big Man can't do it or forwards. It's the guard's guy off the bench. That's, that's, those are the kind of guys that get hot real quickly. Bill Walton and James Harden are the only two players ever to win six men of the year and go on to win MVP. And the Clippers have had three of the last five six men of the year. And, of course, they have two players, two of the three guys in the running, so therefore they could potentially make it to four out of the last six guys to win six men of the year. Now let's get into this. To win six men of the year, you must start more games than you come off the bench. So obviously those two guys are the guys that qualify. Right? Obvious. All right. So let's talk about this. Number one. This is bogus. Actually, bogus. No disrespect. So bonus was incredible this year. Good season, good season. But why was he here? I, I really don't know. I, I don't understand how he was the third man. How does Spencer Dinwiddie not do it? Dinwiddie, in my opinion, should be second place. And let me just compare these numbers. Dinwiddie to Demontis the bonus. And you might think Dinwiddie has an injury. Yes. So what if he plays six more games than him? If that really is going to be an altering decision, that's ridiculous. 
Went down when he had 16.8 as opposed to 14.1. 4.6 assists as opposed to 2.9. Yes, the Sabonis had 9.3 as opposed to Dinwiddie's 2.4. The shooting, but the shooting, yes, Sabonis is way more, 59% to 44.2, but it's on a much different scale. Dinwiddie shoots way more than he shoots, and he's a guard. That's what we just said, guards win. I don't understand this. Dinwiddie was the guy leading a team off the bench, was contributing, had a huge comeback, was ending games for the majority of the year. I'm not sure how this happens. I'm still in shock. I don't like it. Well, honestly, I think Dimity should have been placed higher than Trez. But Trez Harrell, obviously he's there. He should have been the third guy. Clarkson also had a phenomenal year. Ubre was great while he was off the bench. There's a lot of stories like that. Dwayne Wade was even very solid as well. But start with this. Well, you know, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it too much longer. Lou Williams is six man of the year. It's really a done deal. 20 points per game. 5.4 assists, 3 rebounds, 42% from the field. I mean, the guy, guy with the stud. The guy literally led the team to the playoff off the bench. It's Lou Williams. Charles Harrell, dominant. 16.6 points per game, 2 assists, 6.5 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, 61.5%, and 17 double-doubles off the bench. We know how great he was. He are my respect. I talk to you guys about that all the time. Big-time stuff from them. I love watching it. Sabona still. Good, good work. Good season. Respect him, but was he really supposed to be here? No. Then what he should have been on that been second place at the least. But either way, Lou Williams is six minutes of the year, and there's not really much disputing that. Once Dimwitty didn't get hurt, yes, it might have still been a battle, but Lou Williams was clear-cut, six minutes of the year. He will break all those records I just mentioned about winning it. He'll now become three times winning it. He'll, he'll be able to win it back-to-back years. He's, he's going to be doing all that good stuff. So big-time congrats to Lou Williams. I love what Lou Williams does. He's a heck of a player, and he's a great role model for all the kids. So congratulations, Lou Williams. You are the sixth man of the year in my eyes, and I think we'll, we'll find that out tonight. All right, next time we're talking about Coach of the Year. There's three nominations. Coach Bud, Coach Malone, and Coach Rivers. Who's going to win it? All had historical great seasons. All had very varying ideas of how great this impact was. But who won? Well, just going to stay tuned because I have a heck of a story for all three of them and a reasoning between all three of them, but only one way to find out and I have one answer. So, fire you guys, buckle down and get ready for the big time answer coming up next, Coach of the Year. Alright folks, let me talk about some stats about Coach of the Year. Before I do that though, Coach of the Year, like I said, it's down between Milwaukee's head coach, Coach Mike Budenholzer, Denver's Michael Malone, and Clippers' Doc Rivers. But, let's do some stats about this before we go into it. Don Nelson, Greg Popovich, and Pat Riley have both have all won three times. Three times they've won the Coach of the Year. That is the most in NBA history between any coach. Pat Riley is the only coach to win Coach of the Year with three different franchises. He won it with Lakers, with the Knicks, and the Heat. Now, no coach has ever won in consecutive seasons. And it will not happen once again as the streak will continue because Dwayne Casey's not in the running. So, Kippy Brown. Quick story about him. He won Coach of the Year for the first time when he was 44 years old. In the 77-78 season. His second time he won 26 years later. When he was 70 years old. With the Memphis Grizzlies in the 03-04 season. Talk about being consistent. And being able to go back and redeem yourself I guess. Big time thing there. I don't know how many times we're going to see that be done again. But that was huge when I read that. Now Larry Bird. He's also the only person to ever be named coach of the year. Executive of the year. And most valuable player. That's what you get from a guy like Larry Bird. But let's talk about this. Who's winning coach of the year? Well, Michael Malone, incredible job, was first place in the West for a majority of the year, 
dealt with a lot of injuries, but ultimately got the second seed in the West. Still had a heck of a season. Finished a year off with a 54-28 and record. Obviously, Michael Malone developed his guys at a very high level. Great. Second seed, amazing. I can't give him the coach of the year, though. He wasn't as good as the other two. I'm putting him third out of this group. Now, the coach of the year, who is it? Let me be honest with you. If playoffs included, I'd go with Doc Rivers. Now, you might be wondering, wow, he lost in the first round. Coach Bud made it past the first round. Well, I agree, yeah. But can we all admit that maybe Milwaukee didn't do as well as we all expected? I mean, they have Giannis on and Kumpo. I understand Kawhi Leonard what he did and put on a show, but you have Giannis on and Kumpo. And an incredible starting five that I don't see why you couldn't advance. Here's my take on that. And if you're the LA Clippers, you go in and get two wins with not really much talent there. I mean, that's no disrespect to LA Clippers, but they're not a Milwaukee Bucks whatsoever. And, and Doc Rivers is going with a 48-34 record after previously having a 42-40 and record and being the 10th seed in the West. Well, I can't say Doc Rivers is going to win it, though, because this is regular season-based. And there was not a better coach in the regular season than Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer. So with that being said, he, yes, he, yes, indeed, Mike Budenholzer, Coach Bud, is coach of the year. I had a pleasure meeting him right after he got hired in the summer league last year. An amazing coach, amazing person. Very exciting, very happy person to talk to. He won his coach of the year for me. I don't think there's much debate here. 16-22 record after previously the Milwaukee Bucks were 44-38. and Now, how many times, I feel like I was saying, Milwaukee Bucks have so much potential. I think this is the year they're going to break out. Now, this is the year. Now, this is the year. For the last three, four years. Well, he comes in, and, and they did that breakout. They more than had a breakout. Yes, could they have done better in the playoffs? Yes. Were there issues in the playoffs? Yes. But overall, it was a regular season award, and no one was better. Plain and simple, no one was better than Coach Butt in the playoffs, or in the regular season. That just is what it is. There's no debating that. It is what it is. Congratulations, but Coach Bud is my coach of the year, and I'm sure he's going to find that out later tonight, but he is the coach of the year, folks. Defensive player of the year? There's a lot of debate on this. I don't like who they say that's favorited to win it. So who is not, who am I saying is going to win it? Well, one way, to, one way to find out, stay tuned to see who I think out of Rudy Gobert, Paul George, and Giannis Antetokounmpo will be winning Defensive Player of the Year. Stay tuned, everyone. Coming up right next, Defensive Player of the Year. So as I said, the big man down low for the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert. One of the best rim protectors we've seen in a long time, if not ever. Paul George, one of the best two-way defenders and two-way players in the entire NBA. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, well, we know he's a freak. But before I let you guys know who my person is to win it, let me let you guys know some facts about the Defensive Player of the Year. Ben Wallace and Dikembe Mutombo both have the most Defensive Player of the Year in NBA history of four each. Mutombo, though, is the only player ever to win Defensive Player of the Year with multiple teams. Also, Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon, the only players ever to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. Now, why is that important? Because Giannis Antetokounmpo and Paul George are two of the three guys selected that are in the running for MVP as well. Now, Dwight Howard, he's the only player to win Defensive Player of the Year in three consecutive seasons. We know that guy. He was a monster back in his prime. Sidney Moncrief won the first two Defensive Player of the Years for the Milwaukee Bucks. And, in fact, he's the only Milwaukee Buck ever to win it, which, once again, Giannis is in the running. So, we'll see what happens there. Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert last year, became the second Utah Jazz player to win Defensive Player of the Year. 
during Mark Eden when she won twice. Finally, a guard has not won Defensive Player of the Year since Gary Payton in 95-96 season. So, that's big time. And he's the only Oklahoma State Thunder and Supersonic player ever to win Defensive Player of the Year, which is key because Paul George is in the running. Which is kind of crazy to think also, though. Gary Payton, he really is the last player to win guard. That's, what, that's why the game is changing, folks. It's a big, and it's a good way, in my opinion, but it's not that hard, not grind kind of game. You don't have those fierce guards. Tony Allen's not there anymore. Mike Conley's getting old. A lot of these guys, Rondo doesn't get utilized right. We don't have that much fierce, intense guards anymore. It's all the shooting stuff, which is fine, but it is what it is. And I don't see guards winning it too much longer. If you want to call Paul George one, sure, but he's a four. We know that. Point is, let's talk about this. Who do I think will win? Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz. 2.3 blocks, almost a steal a game, 9 defensive rebounds per game, 102.9 defensive rating. Mm. I think he's the best rim protector in all the NBA. But he should not win it. I don't see why. I, Rudy Gobert, I'll respect him. But just because he blocks shots and a big on does not mean he wins defensive player of the year, in my opinion. I mean, what? He altered maybe, let's say, a total of 5 shots a game. Teams are shooting near 80, 67 to 80 shots a game. That's not that much. I need the guys going to lock up a man and eliminate 10 points off of the guy. And that's what Paul George did. Paul George was a monster. 2.2 steals per game, 0.4 blocks, 6.2 defensive, defensive rebounds per game, and a 103.4 defensive rating. He was my defensive player of the year. Keyword there was. You want to know why, folks? Paul George got injured. Paul George was struggling with our shoulder with on and off the last couple months of the season. Oklahoma dropped in terms of their rankings. You know what that meant? Giannis Antetokounmpo is my defensive player of the year. If I wasn't able to get a vote with the NBA and his voting, it's Giannis. 1.5 blocks, 1.3 steals, 10.3 defensive rebounds per game, and 100.5 defensive rating. Don't get much better than that. And honestly, even if Paul George didn't get hurt, I think Giannis would have passed him. Giannis, like, yes, it is physical attributes, but there's not many guys that are going to be able to shoot and score when Giannis is guarding you. Because not only is that, that long, lengthy thing, he can stay with you. He's fast, athletic. He's strong. And boy, what's he impressive. Now, yes, there were struggles in that playoffs that really made you doubt him. But it's regular season once again. At the end of the day, he is the defensive player of the year in my books, and he should be in yours. I'm sure we'll see Rudy Gobert get back-to-back again, but I truly do believe if I had a vote, Giannis Antetokounmpo should win defensive player of the year, and we'll see about another award. That's going to come up soon, though. But as my fact, Giannis Antetokounmpo should win defensive player of the year tonight at the NBA Awards show, but only way to find out, don't miss the show tonight, it's going to be big time, who wins defensive player of the year. Most improved player. This to me is one of my favorite awards. Not because I necessarily identifies so much about the best player, but it identifies the guys that grind it out, stay true to the process, and turn the game to a whole nother level. That's big time. So, who's gonna win it? It's Pascal Siakam, D'Angelo Russell, and De'Aaron Fox. Well, one more way to find out, but I'm against, once again, the front runner of this one. So, who is it? Stay tuned, everyone. So yes, Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors, your NBA champions. The second best player in that finals in that playoff run. D'Angelo Russell, the man that revived the Brooklyn Nets and brought them to the promised land in the playoffs 
out of the depths of, of horrible trades. Which we know that. Darren Fox, one of the leaders of the rising Sacramento Kings, that's taken his game to a whole other level and elevator alongside Marvin Bagley, but he's here to many others. That being said, let me tell you guys some stats about most, most improved. Giannis, he's seeking to become the first player to win most improved and MVP, which he did win before. Now, in 2000, 2001 season, the most improved Tracy McGrady was now inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2017. Brooklyn, Sacramento, and Toronto, none of those teams have ever had a most improved team. And guess what? All three average player represented. So someone will now have a most improved player to their list. We've seen most improved players from so many different countries. Here's some of them to represent. You got from Lebanon, Ronnie Sikali. You got someone from Romania and George Mirison. From France, Boris Diaw. From Turkey, Hidu Turkolo. Slovenia, Goran Dragic. And Greece, Yantan Kumpo. Pascal Siakam is looking to add to that list and representing his hometown. Now, six of the past eight winners have become all-star selections. Now, Darrell Armstrong, he is the only motion pro player ever to be undrafted. Big time stuff there, folks. So let's talk into this. Most improved player. It, it, it's a truly two man race. We know it's between Siakam and D'Anzo. Fox got thrown in there, and I love De'Aaron Fox. He has no high I am on him. But in my opinion, Zach Levine, John Collins, and Buddy Hill should all been in there in front of him. All three of those guys elevated the game to a whole another level. Buddy Hill was averaging 20 points a game, and Levine was just destroying. And John Collins took his game to an elite big man when everyone thought he might slow down, including me. I'll take blame for that one. Let's break it down. De'Aaron Fox, though, his, his rookie year, 11.6 points, 4.4 assists, 2.8 rebounds, shot 41% and 30% from three. Now, in this past season, 17.3 points per game, 7.3 assists, 3.8 rebounds, 46% from the field, and 37% from three. Big time. Let's talk about the two-man race. Now, statistically, number-wise, who improved from this year to this year? Pascal Siakam, yes. But let me, let me remind you of something. If it was going that way, Dinwiddie should have won it last year because that was drastic. Dinwiddie was in the G League the past year. He didn't have really any numbers. <laughs> so it was drastically changed. But we clearly don't go by that last year, so we're, we're not going to go by this year. Who changed from how the character, how everything was? Yes, Siakam. His previous year, 7.3 points per game, 2 assists, 4.5 rebounds. Just, he's a good, solid, average bench player. 50% from the field. 22% from three, which was horrible. This year, and 62% from the free throw line. Now this year, 17 points per game, 3.1 assists, 6.9 rebounds, 54, 55% from the field, 37% from three, and 79% from the free throw line. Big time improvements. D'Angelo Russell, 15.5 points, 5.2 assists, 3.9 rebounds, 41%, 42% from the field, 32.4% from three. Now this year, 21.2, seven assists, 3.2 rebounds, 44% shooting, and 37% from three. So that's pretty drastic changes, if you ask me. Big time. But one thing, I'm not going. I'm not. When I say this, clearly the numbers are better. I'm not. I, I know how to read numbers. I'm. I'm not. I'm not like. Yeah, I, I know how to do that. Okay. When you look at it, who truly changed the game to the most? Siakam was incredible, and especially in the playoffs. He definitely changed my mind in the playoffs, but playoffs don't imply. D'Angelo Russell turned to an all-star. D'Angelo Russell turned into a guy that no one thought could lead a team into being a star player. D'Angelo Russell went from not being able to close a game to winning 
to potentially one of the most important putting up insane numbers where you can't take him out of the game. Daniel Russell became a leader. What else more can you say for the most improved? Now, the way it's looking, Pascal Siakam will win most improved. I am not a fan of that. You guys know that. I don't like it. D'Angelo Russell should be most improved player, and that's why I'm putting down. I'm setting my phone. My my foot is set firm in stone, and, and y'all better understand that. D'Angelo Russell is my most improved player. It's not Pascal Siakam. Not at all. But also, once again, big props to Buddy Heal, John Collins, Zach Levine. I think they deserve way more respect for the past season. But we'll find out who wins again tonight. And it should be D'Angelo Russell. But expect to see Pascal Siakam's name selected for this year's most improved player. A few seconds left in the game. The top player stands the free throw line. What does the fans chant? MVP. That's what's coming up next, folks. You're not going to want to miss it. There's a two-man race, and it's one of the most tight races we might have ever seen. Two historically great seasons, but who do I win MVP? Well, stay right there. Trust me, you're not going to go anywhere because this is a big-time topic and a bold take I'm about to say. So, just stay tuned. MVP and my take on that is coming up next. Yeah, we know it. Paul George from Oklahoma City Thunder. He's one of the guys. James Harden of the Houston Rockets. Yep. Yanzan and Kumpo, the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes, sir. So, before I get into that, though, let me tell you some stats about MVP. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most MVPs in NBA history with six of them. Michael Jordan and Bill Russell are tied for second when they both have five. Now, Giannis is seeking to be, well, the second European player ever to win MVP during one in the 06-07 season. Now, James Harden he wants to become just a 12th player to win MVP in consecutive seasons. Moses Malone is the only player in NBA history to win MVP in consecutive seasons with two different teams. He won with Houston, and the following year, he won it with the 76ers. Finally, Steph Curry is the only unanimous MVP, and Derrick Rose is the youngest player ever won MVP at age 22, and Carl Malone won at age 35, which is the oldest. Now, now, now. Let's get to the show. Paul George, love it. Fantastic. For a little bit there, he might have had a running for second or maybe talk for first place. Got hurt, and Thunder slipped. He's out. He's there for honorary. He's not. Yeah, we know. It's not. It's a two-man race, folks. It's James Harden, Yonsan, and Kumpo. The Greek freak in the beard. The king of the east. And the riser of the west. One of the greatest scores we've seen. And one of the biggest freaks of nature we've ever seen. So. What do I have to say about that? Well. I'm just going to help you guys out. Paul George. He averaged 28 points a game. 4.1 assists. 8.2 rebounds. 2.2 steals, 43.8% from the field, and 83.9% from the free throw. Good year, but no. Now let's get to the real show. So, James Harden. Hmm. Wow. I think it's the greatest scoring outburst I've ever seen since Will Chamberlain, but in the modern era, yes. It's greater than Kobe. 36.1 points per game. Uh, 50 points to reach, the 40 points to I mean, the, the man was a monster. He, I, I don't see how he doesn't win MVP. You give him 6.6 assists, 7.5 rebounds. Two steals, 44.2% from the field, 87.8% from the free throw line. I mean, no player that's averaged 35 points or above had done it in fewer minutes, fewer shots, or while also leading assists. Outstanding, and I truly do believe that in any other year, though, he would have won. Because, listen up, folks, we've got the Greek freak out there in Milwaukee, and this is based on the regular season once again, and well, Milwaukee's striking up big time. This is huge for Milwaukee. They're getting all the awards tonight. I can I can guarantee you that. 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, 27.7 points per game, 5.9, let's just call it 6 assists per game, 12.5 rebounds, 1.3 steals, oh, 1.5 blocks, I mean, what is this man not going to be able to do? Shooting 57% from the field, 73%, I mean, this man's a monster. Sure, to have a great three-point percentage, but I don't care. He's going to be my defensive player of the year, folks. And he's my MVP. And don't get much better than that. Talk about a better season than what he's putting together right now. And Yonsan and Kumpo, he has to be MVP. And I understand. You might say, well, Harden had seven triple-doubles, 34 double-doubles. Yeah, 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 stop. Also, who had a better record? Yeah, Giannis. I don't care about the record much except for a coach of the year and MVP. And, well, Giannis, I think, had a pretty good record. I don't mind. 60 wins, most in the NBA, yeah, I'm taking that, folks, James Harden, I love James Harden, I'm sorry, James Harden, I have so much respect for his game now, because he played huge in the playoffs, especially, but it's hard to rank James Harden as the, as the MVP this year, when you have a guy like Giannis Harden come by the East, and let me be honest, there is biasness in people in the media minds because he did win last year. They don't really want consecutive. They like changing it up. So it's very challenging just in that fact of the matter for James Harden to win it. And trust me, does he deserve to win it? Yes. He more than definitely deserves to win it. He should win MVP any other year. He just, this is Giannis. He had the better record. He had this, and he won last year, and I hate that. But LeBron would have so many more rings anyway that they didn't count the past years. Is what it is at the end of the day, folks. So, yes. I expect, and I think, and I believe, I ex- I'm rooting for Giannis to win MVP tomorrow night. I am. Harden will be second, will be runner-up, but have one of the most historic scoring seasons ever, and there's nothing to take away from him. Big-time season from James Harden, folks. But that is my MVP, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You already know what's up. Shoes on, I'm going to give you guys some nice stuff to think about, some big-time topics I want to hit up, which the media did not do good enough. So, what is that? Well, stay tuned. I have three topics going down right after this. Shoes on, it's the fan favorite. Stay tuned, everyone. So, our shoes on, I want to talk about this. You guys might have heard the storyline. The Toronto Zoo, well, a turtle had a bunch of eggs hatched and all, and, uh, well, let's just say they named the babies after the Raptors players. The coach, the front office, and celebrity fans, they're adorable. It was amazing. It's a great story to have. I mean, they won the finals. It, it, Toronto and Canada just celebrate. It, it's crazy. Glad the mayor also made an announcement, and the super, and super fans, they talked about the fact that this leave Kawhi Leonard alone. Let him enjoy his time. He brought them a championship. Let him be in peace. I 100% agree. Next topic, Victor Oladipo. The president believes that he's, he's hopeful that Oladipo will be back by December or January. That's big time. It's going to be tough for him to come back. I'm excited to see him get back to work. And I hope they can get a point guard and another player to pair up with him. But I wish Oladipo the best of recovery. And this is a long process. But he's, he's about halfway there, folks. Finally, you also my tweets. Well, you guys know what I'm probably going to talk about. RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson. Folks, before the season started, I was completely sold on RJ. I thought he was the number one overall pick. Wasn't sold on Zion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked about the mock draft. Zion's going number one. I love Zion. He officially earned my respect. Well, he did. Earned all I needed. But then, here comes the draft. And let me tell you something. RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson have a special place in my heart, and I'm officially sold on those two Duke products. Want to know why? I, it's fine. It's good. It's good. I love the little God bless me to get me here. I give glory to God, my parents, my family, all that. It's been a great time. I can't wait to get to work yet. It's great. Great talk. 
Thank you. We've heard that about a thousand times now, but congratulations. But with Zion Williamson, they showed emotion. And RJ Barrett, both of them. It does not get much better than the emotion they showed there and the care and love for their family. The care and love that what the draft pick truly means. Zion could have been the most talky person in the world. I'm not saying he should have been, but if there's anyone in the world, it could be him. No one has as much media as him. No one's the number he's the number one overall pick, but make millions and millions of dollars, be the face of an NBA franchise and so on. He could do it. But he was humbly crying and just tears of joy. And RJ Barry does the same thing, buries his head in his dad's shoulder while he talks about the work. That means the world to me, folks. New York and New Orleans got a legit stud. Got two studs that are just special. That is going to have such a tremendous impact on their career down the line. And I cannot wait to see it. But folks, I'm officially sold on RJ and Zion. There's nothing that they're lacking in any aspect of life or on the court. They're going to get better. It's going to be a fun time to watch. Final part of Shoe Zone. What do you want to know? Well, let me talk about this. This is some of the awards that don't really necessarily talk about enough. But they truly impact me. And I truly love these awards some of the most. Especially the Craig Sager Award. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, though. NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Here's the nominees. Jared Allen for the Brooklyn Nets. Bradley Beal from the Wizards, Washington Wizards. Mike Conley from the Memphis Grizzlies, now Utah Jazz. Tobias Hayes from the Philadelphia 76ers. LeBron James from the LA Lakers. Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks. Donald Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. Dwight Powell from the Dallas Mavericks. And Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Big props to all these guys. These, guys, guys, these are guys... They go into the community and invest a lot of time, effort, and money to help make that community stronger and better. Give big props to them and whoever wins this award. Huge props, but there's huge props to all the guys in this nomination. Now, the Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year Award. Steven Adams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mike Conley of the Memphis Grizzlies slash Utah Jazz. Jared Dudley of the Brooklyn Nets. Channing Fry of the Cleveland Cavaliers and now retired and former Suns. Rudy Gay of the San Antonio Spurs. Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. Andre Udall of the Golden State Warriors. Kyle Korver of the Utah Jazz, Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks, J.J. Redick of the Philadelphia 76ers, Garrett Temple of the L.A. Clippers, and Thad Young of the Indiana Pacers. Huge prop, because listen, Team of the Year awards, teammates are huge. They keep the locker room steady. They keep guys talking to each other. They keep the juices flowing. These guys are so crucial to teams, you guys don't even understand it. But they're not just players. They're more than that. Big props from everyone wins it once again. To all you guys, Keep being you guys. All you guys have huge impacts on your rosters. And honestly, that's what's going to get you guys a big payday this summer. Or whenever you guys are free agents. NBA Sportsmanship Award. Another big time award I love. Steven Adams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Harrison Barnes of the Sacramento Kings. Mike Conley of the Memphis Grizzlies slash Utah Jazz. Al Horford for the Boston Celtics. Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. And Campbell Walker of the Charlotte Hornets. All those guys are fabulous people. All guys always had great effort, always, and I never complain with the rest, just always there to play the game of basketball like it should be, and I love it. Lifetime Achievement Award, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson both getting that huge, they couldn't go to more deserving people. Now, like I said, here's a big one for me. Craig Sager was always my role model. He's the person that made me start liking sports. And there's not enough, there's no one like them anymore. Him and Stuart Scott, both have passed away tragically. But I can tell you one thing. They left a mark there forever be blasted, and I want to be that. I want to be the guy that players and coaches will love to talk to. I will do everything I can to make a connection and a true friendship with everyone, as opposed to just being a media person that doesn't set people up for success. Craig Sager just he, he exemplified so much. He exemplified how to live a godly life, how to stay strong, how to fight through things, how to always keep a smile on your face, how to be be a great person, great husband, great family person. 
how to do media and sports right. He, had, he was perfect, guys. He was as close to perfect as he can be. That being said, Robin Roberts will win that award this year. Matumbo's won it. Monty Williams won it. Great men. Truly great men. Great people. And I'm excited to see them put that jersey, that jacket on. This award means the, the world to me, and I'm so glad they have it. That being said, folks, stay tuned, because these are the awards are big time, too. Don't just get caught up in the MVP and all that. Get caught up on the other stuff. Get caught up on the guys that you should be role models of. That being said, folks, that's how I'm wrapping up Shoes Dumb. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Shoes Views, episode 22. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Hope you guys are excited for the NBA Awards tonight. And I hope I gave you guys all the insight y'all need for it. That being said, folks, make sure if you guys want to stay in touch to see what the upcoming episodes or topics will be about. Upcoming guests, upcoming series, about my new show coming out called The Breakdown. All that, you have to follow me on Instagram, at Shoemaker. Also, or on Twitter, same thing, Zach Shoemaker. Then, if you want to go subscribe to my YouTube channel, that's where my show will be along with IGTV. Go shoes, views, Zach Shoemaker. I might just do the breakdown, but I'll let you guys know. Stay up to date, though. Also, Facebook page is shoes, views, Zach Shoemaker. Then, for the podcast, whatever platform you're listening to, please take a couple minutes, a couple, couple seconds, go leave a five star, go leave a comment, make sure to subscribe, make sure to like, make sure to do whatever it is, whatever it is to possibly keep growing the shoes, views brand, and I couldn't appreciate it anymore, you guys. It truly does mean the world to me, and, and truly, thank you so much, everyone. That helps it so much, and you guys don't understand it. That being said, though, voice messaging, I keep letting you guys know about this. I want, I, I truly want you guys to do it. I want to hear from you guys. Send me your voice messages whenever you guys would like, and I'll get back to you. I'll put you guys in the very Shoes Views NX episode. It's big time. Finally, the very last Shoes Views Times Team Harden series will be on Wednesday with Jalen Anderson, one of the top scorers, Bell Vista Prep top player. It's going to be something you guys aren't going to want to miss. That being said, folks, don't forget the first episode of The Breakdown is coming up soon. And with that being said, everyone, Choose us out. Everyone, go be the light of God, and God bless.